Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with me? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get to well, I'm glad your mom was here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Recorded because that was golden paw. <laughs> you need to do it again. No, I won't. Yeah, we already started. I'm not starting until you do it. <laughs> I forgot what I said because <laughs> I've been drinking quite a bit. Paul's been drinking all day, and we're the Bag and Boardcast. This is episode number 156, and I'm Chris. I'm John, and I'm Paul. And Paul's been drinking all day. He's been drinking all day. It's been a Buffalo sports weekend. And it has been. Hockey's back, and Paul likes that. I do like that. And also the NFL playoffs. Two, yeah, two games don't, don't on care today. About that. Well, so, a, I know NFC's Falcons Champions. and 49ers. Mm-hmm. And 49ers won. And then the Ravens versus the Patriots today. Hmm. Mm. And Sabres versus the Flyers also earlier in the early afternoon. Yes. And uh, Sabres won 5-2, to so I'm a happy camper. Hey! So that happened. So and I had his drink to celebrate. And then he just kept going. Yep. But what makes me happy is the fact that we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we bring you the books that are coming out January 23rd. You closed your eyes I closed just my like eyes mine. just like you did. Yeah, yeah. And that's called The List, John. <laughs> It's the list. <laughs> you, you took your eye off the ball. I did. I was. Just, and you failed. I was just. It was weirded out by Paul closing his eyes to do that. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I got to try that, and I got lost. I got lost in the dark. What we where we won't get lost is while reading our main topic book, <laughs> or maybe we will. Chris, what are we doing this week? Well, our main topic this week is our. I don't want to say monthly trade and policy because we don't do them every month. That's but, true. But uh, something we do where we take a look at a trade paperback or graphic novel that's come out and we give you a little heads up about it and uh yeah but how do we start off because drinking yes drinking yes thank goodness because it's been 40 minutes and i haven't had a new drink so so uh since noon today. continuing on with our barley wine month oh, we've no. brought you old numb skull from al smith brewery um I've been trying to get hold mine in my hands to get it warmer. Should be served around fifty degrees. This is it's cold. <laughs> um, it's a it's a nice little barley wine. It's a uh, gold medal winner for its category and also a silver medal medal uh, winner of best in show. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get caught doping because they'll take that away. Yeah, Lance Armstrong. Topical. Uh, and it says um, those were it. already taken away from him, but. Yeah. Keep it in a cellar for 6 to 24 months, uh, it, and it will age. I can see this aging really well. It's already got that nice sweetness there. It's got a sweetness. It's got a nice kind of um You get that raisin, barley taste at the end. Ra- mm-hmm. And a little bit of a raisin sweetness to it. Um, with warming it up in my hands, it's really co- coating my tongue oh. with a nice like uh, kind of malty sweet taste. It's definitely a dry out your tongue. Like you feel like you can sand some wood with your tongue after uh, taking a sip of this, because there's nothing but sandpaper left. It's a it's a sipping it's yeah a sipping one. Actually, I don't really. You don't really take phone calls on the podcast, but 
Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. You always forget to silence your phone. Always forget. Like, it's every once in a great, no, great it's, while. It's like every week. It is no, every week. I just edited out most weeks. So I left it in this week. I left it in this week. Bullshit. It's not bullshit. <laughs> it's not every week. Uh, remember when he had that really bad ringer? The one from uh, the IT crowd? Message for me! Yeah, that one That one really annoyed me for some reason. No, no it was really annoying. <laughs> That's uh, why I did it, too. Uh, <laughs> guys are but this, this is good. This is uh, probably one of my top of the charts right now for the Barley Wine Month. This one is This really is our good. last week of the Barley Wine Month, or is it next I week? Think, I, I believe this is the, the final week. On this, uh, we were going to do a split one next weekend. Okay. End, this, okay, and, yeah. end this and start the... Um, yeah, Next month. Technically, we do have another week. Yeah. Before we can do uh, power rankings, huh? All right. Yeah. yeah. We've got a lot of barley wines. A lot of barley wines. Mm-hmm. Only, like, one that I really didn't care for. Yeah. Like, old howling bastard. Did not like. Yeah. Blue Points, yeah. Blue yeah. Points, wasn't that great? Um, and then the one that you brought with the... The Full sale. The Full Sail, I liked. That was like you the like $5 the one. Sale. There was the Freudian well, Slip. Freudian, Freudian Slip was the one that we good. did not like. Yeah. 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 But this one is good. It's mellow enough, but man, it will dry you out. Yeah. The warmer it gets, it doesn't have that sandpaper tongue feel to it. It has a nice coating sweetness to it. All right. Well, what has a nice sweetness to it is that uh, when your friends post pictures of books coming out that you're excited about, like... Green Arrow. Eleven percent alcohol. Written by Jeff Lemire. That's, what That's okay. Throw that out there. I am more than eleven percent excited for that <laughs> book. But what I am kind of upset about is that with a new book coming out, which isn't really a new book, but uh, there will be cancellations. And DC has canceled four titles. <coughs> uh, I Vampire being one for me. Um, That's kind of had its head on the chopping block for a while. Yeah, it's been excommunicated. From the titles of books, it's, um, it's finally had a stake driven through its heart. Uh, DC proudly presents. DC, DC Universe presents. Yeah, DC Universe presents, which I'm kind of surprised. That one does shock me because that one didn't really sell too well, but it was a way for them to do different stuff and not have it interfere with actual books. Mm-hmm. And, and also get those secondary characters out there. Yeah, the secondary characters that people want to see and have. Um, I know, like, I've been picking it up off and on when there mm-hmm. was a storyline going on, and Chris has picked I, it up the last... I've picked it up every other time you weren't, because yeah. there was something there that I was like, oh, I'll I'll buy this one. Yeah, the Flash, uh, yeah. Um, Black yeah, Bolt, the Kid Flash, Black Bolt, and, uh, Black Lightning, uh, Black, Black, yeah, Black Lightning, Lightning, Blue Devil, which is still going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the Johnny DC line of Superman Family Adventures, and then the Vertigo book Saucer Country. All have been cancelled. <laughs> we read that. We read the first Saucer County. It didn't. Yeah, Paul Cornell's Saucer County. We just didn't get that interested in it. But it was yeah. the first issue, you know. And but usually with the Vertigo books, that first issue is enough for me to be like, oh, that was pretty good. I'll pick up the trade when mm-hmm. it comes out. And that one just didn't do it for me. Neither did the other one that came out the same time. New. What was it? it New was, Dead this, Wardens. New yes, Dead New Dead Wardens. Wardens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one didn't do anything for me either. Paul, you like that one though? It was. Uh, Annie Lam- Andy Labbitt? Annie Lam- Dan Abnett, Annie Dan Lanning. Ab- Annie Lanning, right? It was Annie Lanning's, not Dan Abnett's book, or Dan Abnett's book and not Andy Lanning's. Because I'm, those two always work together. Yeah, they're freaking co-collaborators. I'm, it's like Justin Gray and 
Jimmy Pomeroy. Yeah. Like if I couldn't tell you which one's working solo if they're not yeah. working together. Um uh, yeah, I it was okay. I I just didn't want to I didn't exactly how you felt like it just wasn't enough to make me pick up the first trade. Yeah. But I've been enjoying I Vampire. So You you were yeah, really you, enjoying yeah. that. And I I said like, "Oh man, Andrea Sorrentino, she's going to be doing two books. Awesome." Nope. <laughs> no. Well, I it was kind of telegraphed with having uh what's his name? Andrew appearing in Yeah. Justice League Dark was it? Yeah. That, that was right when books were getting chopped and that's we all thought Ooh, well, he this had is going to be going. Well, he had a big crossover between the two books uh with them right before the switch of the uh writer, the creative team before Jeff Lemire came on it, they had a crossover to try to keep book to both the books going. It seemed or it was always planned. From yeah. the start, the new DCU, but the DC Universe thing, that that one surprised me because it is such a book where it's like, yeah, you know what? Hey, let's put whatever we want in there. I mean, yeah. it seems like a, it seems to be designed as a loss leader. It, exactly, as like next month, I think we're getting a vibe book. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, they're gonna give vibe a series, but they're gonna cancel this book where they could have just had a vibe. You know, four issue arc in there and see how it sells. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would have appreciated that because I, I would have checked that out. I won't buy Vibe number one though. Yeah, and I mean that's I mean that's how they've all got. The only one that really had a long issue run was the Dead Man. They gave it six issues. They gave it a tr- like a trades worth. Yeah, and then they went on to um, Voyagers of the Unknown, Challengers, the, Challengers, Challengers. Yeah. Uh, which that one was kind of fun. Um, then they had the Savage one. The Savage one, which I, I liked. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we, because yeah, I think a, we read we all of them all, right? I didn't. I only read the first one. Didn't we read both of them? There's three of them. Didn't we? Okay, maybe I borrowed all I, three. You might have wanted them, and I let you borrow them. Yeah. I'm not sure. But th- they've been fun. You know, I think it would be it's a fun place where a writer can be like, you know, I always wanted to tell this story about this character. Yeah. And they go, well, here Caesar presents. We'll do it. You know, mm-hmm. like Black Lightning and Blue Devil. Like, yeah. who pairs those two guys together? Like, other than people that were eating lunch and had a black and blue sandwich, Del- which are delicious. Those are good but hamburgers. The, and the fact that they're doing the uh, sort of sorcery too—that's very much an anthology book. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for that one too? If they're going to cancel just the superhero version of that, where. Superhero books obviously sell better than anything else that they do over there. Is that one going to last more than like you know one or two story arcs? With Amethyst also showing up in Justice League Dark. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't see it uh, lasting very long there. No. So, huh? It, it's not. sad, but you know what? This kind of one less book to pick up now. Yeah, and I now can pick up Green Arrow. <laughs> you can buy Green Arrow, which I'll. I'll we, I haven't been picking up. So. I think that'll definitely be one we do for a look back because oh, yeah. it. Jeff Lemire, Andrew Sorrentino, on a character that we I think we all enjoy or appreciate. We all yeah. like Well, since Quiver. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when I started liking I mean, that him. was back in, like, and 2000, though, so that's... And also that first episode of Justice League Unlimited, where he's kind of a badass. Well, even uh, in, in Identity Crisis, yeah. it's when I was really like, yeah, I really like Green Arrow. He's a good... Mm-hmm. I like him. He's... All right. Yeah, because that story's kind of told through a little bit through his eyes there. Yeah. At least some of the issues. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Jeff Lemire one. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. I put the, I put it up on your Facebook. Oh, I'm going day. to enjoy the hell out of that resistance. Yes. Yeah, enjoy the resistance. Do we, 
Do we have anything else? Not, no. Because there's a lot of little story blips, but nothing really huge that was like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, the, the canceling of the books over at DC, I thought, was the most interesting story to talk about. But good thing we're getting books that aren't canceled coming out this week. And also some new ones, right, guys? Yeah. Coming out when, John? That would be, I'm closing my eyes, the 23rd of January. That is correct. Well, who wants to start it off? Who's Who's got a book that they can't wait to discuss? Talk about it. Guys, you know me. Big Fantastic Four fan. <laughs> we know that. And I'm a big F, uh, Mike Albright fan. FF number three. Uh, I've been enjoying this book a little bit more than Fantastic Four recently. It's only had, you know, two, two issues. issues each. <laughs> but uh, as we round out to the third issue, uh, I'm more excited about FF right now. That might wane, and uh, Fantastic Four might take back its top spot, but nope, right now. With Ant-Man being the reluctant hero and uh, Michael Allred doing some fun things with art, uh, Fantastic FF number is where it's at for me over at Marvel. I think we all really enjoyed FF more than Fantastic Four. It, yeah. It's a great yeah. premise for a book um, because it's not your typical Fantastic Four story. I like that they're kind of putting that, okay, well, here's what's going to happen in five minutes. Whoops. Like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen, and now they are the Fantastic Four. Except Johnny Storm comes back from the future, but he's obviously really old, and he's like, if I'm alive, that means the Fantastic Four are dead. Spoilers for issue two. That's the end. That's wow. the very end. Jonathan Hickman's really bringing it out with that. It's, it's uh, now. I know. Okay. I was rubbing that in. Uh, well, that's okay. You, you can rub it in with your book right uh, now. And I'm going through. It's Matt um, Fraction writing. John, I don't know if I mentioned it. You did? Yeah. Okay. No. Matt Fraction. Matt Mike Allred. Mike Allred. You, our, you mentioned Mike Allred quite a bit. Well, yeah, because he's kind of the draw for me on that book right now. Uh, I'm doing uh, Black Beetle number one of four from Image Comics by uh, art and writing duties are by um, Francisco Francivilla. Francivilla? Francivilla. I don't know. I've, I've never heard If you that say it with an accent, it it sounds like you know exactly how you're saying it. Like, Francisco Francivilla. There, there you go. It's like IT crowd. <laughs> you just, you just speak in the accent. Now, could you? Well, wait, why, wait. Why do you guys think he's not German? <laughs> Francisco. <laughs> if his name was like Gustavo, <laughs> then I'd say, yeah, okay, maybe. Gustav Franzwila. <laughs> it's a um, pulp noir crime book, superhero versus gangsters in the twenties. It has a great little look to it. Um, I saw it, and I love. I love crime noir kind of books, and this has got a superhero on it. I'll check it out. Will you? Check it out? Yeah. Cool. Pre-ordered. Book I'm looking forward to checking out again for the first time. It's Young Avengers number one from over at Marvel. Uh, This is written by Kieran Galeon with art by Mike Norton. Oh, wow. Mike Norton. I really enjoy Mike Norton over at Marvel. He does a lot of fun books. Uh, Gravity. Gravity, which definitely the standard one. Yeah. Like... Seeing him over on Young Avengers, okay. He did, a, Mike, uh, he did a Blue Ble- Beetle over at DC yeah. for a while with uh, Gail Simone. So it, it makes sense. Um, we're getting Wiccan, Hulkling, Hawkeye back. Also with three new uh, additions. Mocking Hawk? Hawkingbird. Hawkingbird. However you want to say it, yeah. but uh, she's coming back. Uh, also with Loki, because Loki's a little kid now in the DC Universe. What? Or not DC, Marvel Universe. Wait. I don't, I don't read enough Marvel to know what, but... <laughs> 
Loki's a little kid now, and he's joining the Young Avengers. That's all you need to know. Okay, because... Uh, and then you're also going to have Marvel Boy and Miss America, who I don't know who Miss America is, but why not? She didn't answer the geography question right, I'm guessing. I don't know. In the pageant. I don't Who's know. Who's Marvel Boy? He's an older uh, Marvel mm-hmm. character. He's like, uh, he's got the powers, almost From like Captain Ant-Man's. Marvel, yeah. Or whatever bands, I forget what like they're called. Like the Kree. Mm-hmm. Powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Young Avengers, it's one of those titles that if I see it thrown on something, it automatically is like... Is this your fourth time trying Young Avengers? I, or No, anytime Young Avengers comes out, I, I jump know. on. Like, there's always a Young Avengers book. I will be buying it because they did... I mean, the Young Avengers series, they had the Young Avengers Presents where it was like the one-shots, each one focusing on a different character written and drawn by different people. <laughs> they did the crossovers for all the... Uh, oh, yeah. Big stuff the like Civil, Civil War, War. Like the Secret Invasion. Bought all those. Uh, what else? Oh, there was the uh, Young Avengers Children's Crusade. Which we couldn't pick up. Which it just came out so sporadically that I couldn't find them. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Um, it, it's something I really, really enjoy. Kieran Gillian, I've really liked everything that I've read from him over at Marvel. Really? Um, you didn't really enjoy his Greg Land X-Men stuff, sir? Yeah, I chalked that all up to Greg Land. Oh, okay. It was a good idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, no, it was a good idea. Mr. Sinister, yeah, making clones of himself, yeah. It was, yeah that was fine. It was kind of fun it, going alongside with what you had happening over in Wolverine and the X-Men. They were fun X-Men books, but Greg Land just kills everything. Yeah. He's, he's the devil. Oh, that's the only Kieran Gillian book I know. He, uh, he also did some Iron Man. He did a couple of the Avengers vs. X-Men like spin-off books, too. Uh He's done a lot of X-Men stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all he knows. But uh, at which point should we... If this doesn't work, are we supposed to have an intervention for you to make you stop buying Young Avengers books? They always no, usually work for me. They, they always, always like work some. for me. I always enjoy them. It's just they don't sell enough, so I think, you know what, we'll get seven issues of this, and then they're going to go away again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by that point, I'll have a Runaways book that I can pick up just to kind of be like, hey, something exciting for me. Understandable. Understandable. What's not understandable is how we keep on drinking beer, but there's still always more beer to drink. <laughs> Don't understand it. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. And our next beer is Pelican Pub and Brewery's 2012 Mother of All Storms. It's a barrel-aged barley wine. Uh, it's uh, been aged in bourbon barrels. 13, Paul loves his stuff that's aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah, 13.5% alcohol. You can smell the bourbon kind of quality. It has that it. real like smoky, sweet smell. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. taste with this, the taste of this beer has a smoky, sweet taste to it. It's it, nutty. It's vanilla-y. It is... Delicious, and then that alcohol it, it hits you. It, it's a you taste the alcohol, and then it's like bam in your face. I don't really get too much burn off of it. Like I guess yeah, you're right. It, it, but it just it, it pops that you know pops, you're drinking yeah. something high, and but there's a little like mid palate, but yeah. not. It doesn't burn on the way down. It's not like a really bad scotch or a shot of of a high alcohol. It just pops alcohol. that you know yeah, you're drinking yeah. something strong. 
it's but like it's that got, you breathe in like rubbing alcohol. Like it's just like you you smell it like whoa. It clears the sinuses. It just finishes with that great kind of hazelnut vanilla taste. Yeah, uh, delicious. It's very good. I wouldn't mind having this aged. Uh, yeah, this was given to us. Well, it was given to me for Christmas by friend of the show, Mike. Oh, Merry Christmas, Mike! Right? Thank you. And he gave he gave it to me because he knew that we were doing um, barley wines. So I might wait. That means you've had this plan before Christmas. I had told him that we were doing that well before Christmas for him to come up with this present, and I was told for about this after Christmas. I sense well, a conspiracy. No, we told, you, we told you before. That's how we knew we were I doing s- the barley wine. I talk. sense yeah. a conspiracy. <laughs> we told you before. Yeah, we that. told you. Before. Oh, okay. Conspiracy. <laughs> because you bought barley wine before, like right after Christmas, or right yeah. before Christmas. Right after. Afterwards. We yeah. had it all ready to go. Yeah. Um, But he has a couple other bottles of this. I, I think he actually had to buy a case to get this. So I might ask to buy one of those off so we can sell it. Because I would love to see what this tastes like a year later. Mm-hmm. I, I think if it sits longer, you're not going to have that like alcohol pop on it. I think you're going to get it's so much smoother. more of those flavors out of it. Conspiracy. Definitely, definitely sipping a sipping beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I, We poured this I, a while ago, and I haven't had too much of it yet because mm-hmm. you... Can't drink a lot. You get of a lot of fruity notes to it too, like the raisin. I really get raisin and plum in the mid palate, but um, it is good, much like the trade paperback we read, right, oh. guys? Uh, we did read this first issue of the Star Wars: Dawn of the Jedi. Hmm. Uh, did not like it then. Did not like that then. We thought it was really labored, really a lot of just trying to get through. Uh, trying to do a lot of setups, world setting kind of thing, and it just bad, didn't make sense. Bad dialogue and just, I, I don't want to say like bad writing, but just hokey. Yeah, hokey. And there was no real characters that you were following. It was just setting out that this happened and a ship came and to these people that reached like basically Nirvana kind of points through different ways. Yeah. And like they were picked Jedi, up by... Jedi. Like it's not even Jedi, yeah. it's... To die, yeah. With but, an apostrophe in the middle and an e and an i i. It's very metateo. It's very, yeah. That's right. Topical <laughs> reference. It's very imaginary girlfriend kind of stuff. It's and um, it didn't make sense that okay. So the dawn and Jedi are well. What are these people before the Jedi that are training the Jedi like or, or spaceships and stuff? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. You don't even get what the spaceships about. Um. Where lightsa- like where lightsabers and that stuff comes in. Well, it does. You kind of get a little uh, bit. Well, you don't understand where they come from, but you see that basically the Sith or the Force hunters, the hounds, the hounds are are the ones that have the Force sabers or the lightsabers. Um, yeah, it's. But the book is about uh, a young group of Jedi uh, that. Because, that have a premonition when they're being when they're using upon using the force uh, through their daily activities to come and they feel drawn to come to this one place because there is a shadowed masked person that is strongly tuned that is out of balance with the force that's going to arrive at this place 
And when he arrives, he brings a force storm with him. And that's how we get the title of this book. Oh, uh, that book makes one. sense now. Force storm. Force storm. Uh, he is so out of balance with the force that it causes this force-rich world to actually have a thunderstorm, which is more than just a thunderstorm. It's a uh, force storm. And <laughs> in, in this follows uh, a Twi'lek, who's kind of a crime ward princess. A Sith, I guess that's an actual name of a, a race, who's kind of headstrong, and he's kind of creating force force chain ball lightning, force lightning bolt, kind of, uh, for the first time. And a uh, kind of, bound, kind of want to say a bounty hunter kind of chick who's, like, powerful and stern and uh, brash in her own way. And these three characters come together to meet this force hound, that has escaped his uh, captors who's and is trying to uh, figure out his own life in his own way. And I guess that kind of sets up what this series is really going to be about, these four characters together. And I will be honest, I did not read this. I sat down a couple times and tried to just get into it, and I couldn't do it. And I, I looked and thumbed through it, and then started reading it to Chris in different voices. That was the most time I spent with this book because <laughs> it, it I, there's just something about it. And I read the entire first issue when we did it for the look back, like last mm-hmm. year. Now was it? Yeah, it was, it was last a while year. Ago. Oh, we should say it was a uh, script was by John Ostrander, uh, story was by John Ostrander and Jan Dorsema, Dorsema, and pencils by uh, Jan Dorsema. So. <clears throat> Yeah, just there, there's not enough in this book to grab me, and that's how I felt about the majority of the Star Wars books. Uh, we picked this up because a listener did recommend it, well, but not this. Right, it was another book that you know. You, this is the first book that's come out. The trade that should be coming out recently or now. The the story arc that has just finished up in the Dark Horse. Uh, monthly comics he said was really good uh and he suggested it and i figured why not get the you know we read the first issue why not give the first trade a shot maybe it's gotten better uh, because that first issue i really didn't think was a good judge you know good place to judge because it was all set up yeah. and it was all this just trying to explain the dawn of the jedi that that all did not make sense it was in quick bursts too yeah, yeah. and it didn't work we all agreed yeah, but yeah, um, but this this um, I see. I I feel like it's the first issue all over again. Where okay, now we got the band together, kind of, but not really. And these are the these are the characters we're going to be following. These young group of Jedi. Uh, I'm going to keep on calling them that because I don't know how to pronounce. Well, it. Yeah, I think it's still pronounced Jedi, but what you've seen is just how language works over time. It's J-E apostrophe D-A-I-I in the book. Okay. So it would still just be pronounced Jedi. If you ever see an apostrophe in something, you just take it out and you just say it as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how language I'm works trying, in the Star Wars universe. I'm trying to pronounce the E. Um, but th- there's just not enough there to make me want to follow these like, yeah. beginners. Like, and the characters are so archetypable. Archetypable? Is that is that fine? I don't know. We just 
coined a new phrase. They're archetypable. Yeah, they're archetypes. Um, so you kind of understand where they're going already. And there wasn't enough there to really set the, you know, my, my imagination on into motion to really want to follow these them. You see where the relationships are going to be. You know, this Sith guy is going to fall for the Twi'lek, and there's going to be a relationship between the brass, uh, the brash, uh, dreadlocked character and the Force Hound, and just not enough to grab me. But it wasn't bad. I know you two didn't really get into it. I gave it the full shot. I gave it a full read, and I can't say it was bad. I didn't. It didn't hook me, <clears throat> but I didn't hate it. I only got, I probably got mm, not even halfway through it. And that's because I sat down to read it right before the show. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of, it sat on our kitchen table, Chris and my kitchen table, for probably, well, you dropped it off on Thursday. Yeah. So, Thursday night, Friday, and then Chris had grabbed it I to grabbed start it reading it on I was Saturday. Start reading it. So, I was going to try to read it today. And. Like, I, I sat there, like, with it next to me all last night, like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I would pick it up, and I would just flip to, like, a, a spot in it after that first mm-hmm. issue that we had read. Because I was like, okay, we read and this not, not And the ago. trade isn't broken up in issues at all. No, it's... Like, sometimes in trades you get, like, the cover page of the issue, you know, for each start of each issue. This one, it feels like one long story. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But John, and then John came home and was like, hey, I got Moonrise Kingdom. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it with you. And, and that was great. It, yeah. Moonrise Kingdom is a much better way to spend your evening, everybody. Wes Anderson's like, shit. But it's just, there's not enough here to hook me. Kind of like you said, you can't say it's bad. Right. You couldn't even get hooked to read the rest yeah. of the issue. It, where this, I couldn't, I can't be hooked to read the next trade. And that's sad because we are big comic book and Star Wars fans. We, and we've always keep trying to give Star Wars books a shot. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and especially you hear like, oh, it's something blah, blah, blah is doing really great in Star Wars. And then we pick up and I don't, we don't pick up that exact thing that they're talking about, but we try to get back mm-hmm. into different things. But it never, it never grabs us. And I, it's not like we're... <clears throat> Stickler for Continu- Star Wars continuity. It's not continuity; or- it's canon in Star Wars. I don't know why we they call it canon, but instead of continuity, but it's canon. Can canon's a it's, it's a, a it's a word that I've heard used a lot for yeah. other stuff. You but know, it's definitely when you talk about Star Wars, it's canon. When you're talking about comic books, it's continuity. No, so it it's not it's something that we we always try to get into, but we just can't. It just can't. Grab us, and right. I'm always trying. Mm-hmm. Like the Brian Wood uh, Star Wars has come out. I, you know, we're I'm going to the we're going to the comic book shop this week to grab our books, and I do want to check that out. I do want to see. It's what, going to be part of our monthly look back. It, it for will December, be. or be, for January. Sorry, because one, it's something that we should talk about. But two, Brian Wood is able to write stuff that. That does grab you, mm-hmm. you know. Conan, Northlanders, hitting Chris's computer with my hand DMZ. when I gesture, like those things are all things that can grab you. And this is a guy who can who can do that. So I'm really hoping that he grabs me, and I'm like, all right, 
Brian Wood Star Wars mm-hmm. is what I'm. I'm des- I have desperately wanted for years. Yeah, but Suicide Squad, John Ostrander, you know, he's kind of a comic book legend. Yeah. You know, I I haven't read his Suicide Squad, so maybe I shouldn't have come out and said, you know, Suicide Squad, John Ostrander, but because when was that coming out? Like, when I was yeah, a real little kid, right? Yeah, like, that was like in 80s. the 80s. 80s, so... You know, it wasn't going to be my book back when I was but a little kid. There is X Men, Blue and Gold. Every, every, like almost every decade, <gasps> Sabres colors. Oh my goodness, guys! <laughs> every decade, comic book writing <gasps> oh my goodness. shifts. You know, the writing continually changes and gets better. You know, the you know the '90s were that kind of mm-hmm. darker, more independent stuff. You know, like, everything is always kind of different. So a writer from the 80s isn't always going to be great in the 2000s. That's honestly how I feel about a lot of the Chris Claremont stuff. Like, I read Extreme X-Men for a while, and I was buying it because it's an X-Men book. It's like, I should be reading X-Men. I It just didn't work for me, though. <laughs> because it, it was a book during the 2000s. But it was so dated. It read like that 90s X-Men that I read. And it read the same as the 60s X-Men that I picked up in those dumb little collections that I would get like on newsprint. And like Peter David, someone Mm -hmm. who wrote from the 90s and carried the same characters into the 2000s. I mean, it doesn't have that feel. It has a different feel. Like some writers can... But even with this... I got past what you guys are saying. the, The Like how it feels how the story is being told and I kind of got into this story and I enjoyed this story it just wasn't enough to move me on to the next one like yeah it's kind of clunky how the characters are you kind of you kind of know the characters without being told who the characters are just because you see how you know because you've read comic books and you've read super uh, Star Wars stories before yeah so you know who these characters are without them having to tell you just because of how they're being portrayed, right? They're formulaic. Yeah, exactly. So you get past that, you get past the clunky kind of kludgy dialogue, and you see what the story's how the story what the story is, and that's how the story's being told. And you enjoy it once you get past that and you can just enjoy the story. You can enjoy, I think you can enjoy it, and I think there's a, there there's something there to enjoy. It's just you have to get past that kludginess. You have to get past all the stuff we're kind of saying. The '80s writer writing still in that same kind of way, and very flat kind of characters that you're throwing your own interpretation on because you've been a fan of the genre for so long. And, you know, it's a licensed book. (laughs) I was trying to find a way to jump into that because this was something that I kind of wanted to talk about is... Head knots don't get picked up on the podcast. It's it's terrible like that, guys. But, hey, that's what happens when you do a comic book podcast and you drink a lot. When Paul is just continuously speaking and doesn't give you time to say anything... I'm like... You think you're putting a pause in, Paul, but you're not really. I'm sorry, guys. It is. It happens. But with licensed books, because we've read a bunch of them. I mean, we keep trying the Star Wars books, and it's just, there's never enough there to really grab us in. But with the stuff like Buffy, Angel, there's the Dollhouse books. 
the Firefly or Serenity books, what makes a licensed book Darkwing work? Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. What, All the what, stuff over at Kaboom there. Yeah, what makes those work versus what we have here with the Star Wars books that we keep going back to because, like I said, we are comic book fans and Star Wars fans. I, you know, I, like a lot of the Kaboom stuff was, it's a lot of nostalgia. You know, they had the Darkwing Ducks, um, the Scrooge, um, what was the... Chippendale. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Like, they had all those books, and they have that nostalgia, but then they're, like, well done. Like, they don't dumb it down. They're bring it, like, they bring it, mm-hmm. you know? And with, I, sometimes I think the Star Wars books is, it's a Star Wars books. they have fans, just put anything out there. And a lot of times we'll talk about how... A lot of times they have bad artists on these on those books. Yeah. The Kaboom books art always looks great, and it's cartoon characters. Like you don't There's have no wrong way to really yeah, draw it because, but, but they that's look, how they look. They look great. The coloring is great. Like that helps sell the book. And I think a lot of the stuff with those Kaboom books, it's it's a labor of love for the people that involved in it. I mean, when you look at the Ducktales book, it was written by Warren Spector. Yep. Like, if you want a Disney fanboy, look no further than him. He says he has a whole house just yeah. for the Disney pins. He he has so much Disney mem- uh, memorabilia, he has a second house for it all. That's what he says. I don't know if I, that's true. I believe him. Like, I, <laughs> you want to believe him. That's so not you're, something you lie about. <laughs> just so your Disney nostalgia collection isn't as bad. <laughs> it's really not. But it, it, for him, it's something he loves, and he gives it that respect. Uh, over at Darkwing Duck, the others for that, uh, James Silvani, I follow him over on Tumblr. He puts up so much of his just fan artwork and sketches, and it's all Disney-based. Like, this is a dude that loves drawing Darkwing Duck, Lilo and Stitch, Beauty and the Beast. Like, it's fun, fantastic artwork because he does a lot of crossover stuff where it's mixing with Star Wars or Harry Potter, other movies. And... It shows that, no, this is a guy that loves what he's doing. Star Wars, I don't really get that same feeling. And I don't know if this was done with Luke and Han, Leia, if I would enjoy it more because it's not just that nostalgia book, but it's characters that I care about. Well, with Luke, Han, and Leia, you don't need to do all the setup, Mm. which this book obviously was. It was all set up. It was all trying to figure out who these characters were introducing and that's a big issue with the license char- license books when, especially with Star Wars when the stories have already been told how to tell a story that's better Here's the thing, because it's good that you bring that up because a story that's already been told. I, I used to read a lot of the expanded universe novels mm-hmm. like the Darksaber trilogy, uh Tales of the what was it? Well, they had the, there was a lot of tales of books because yeah. they had the like Tales from Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the one that I was thinking of. Uh, what else was it? Tales, tales. from Mos Eisley Cantina. Like, there was the Dark Empire trilogy. Like, I read so many of these novels that were just building and expanding upon 
Valor, but they had those same characters in there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're seeing Luke after the trilogy. Like here's what he's doing now. He's a Jedi Master. He's setting up a new Jedi Academy on Yavin Four, where people are learning from him. Like oh, the Huts have plans and they're building their own Death Star labor, like laser. Like I was there. I was enjoying it. I was reading like the Rogue Squadron books because I was like, the Rogue oh, Squadron books I heard are the best. The, like Wedge is still around. Yeah. Cool. What's he up to? Only other pilot other than Luke. Well, Luke didn't take place in both uh, assaults on the Death Star. No the pilot to survive both. The truth. Because uh, you've got shaky hands now. And he <laughs> drinks a lot. I would. He, Come on. He's been in the shit. <laughs> um, Every I, time he hears an R2 unit beep, he, he freaks out. Well, he just stays away from astromech droids to begin with. That he befriends a teenage boy and falls in love with his crush. What? Rushmore. Rushmore. He made the oh. in the shit. He oh, yeah. In the shit comment. He was in the shit. Um, I, I really don't know if it's <laughs> the fact that it's expanding upon that lore and it's still including those characters that hooks me with those novels. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that feeling with the comic books or what? I think I think some of it has to do with it is a labor of love. The the boom. Uh, what's his name who did the... James Silvani? James Silvani. I was not the hugest Darkwing Duck fan. I watched it. It didn't... I would rather watch Rescue Rangers. You uh, know, Darkwing Duck's uh, girlfriend, who was the bride of Frankenstein, was hot. Morgana, yeah. Morgana. Uh, but here's the Come thing. On. The comic book, I borrowed almost every single one of Chris's issues of that. I thought it was great. It grabbed me, not just from nostalgia, but just extremely well done. Because you could tell the person who was writing it loved it and loved those characters. And here's the thing. The year before that book came out, we went to a convention, and James Silvani was there, and we got sketches of Dante and Randall from Clerks because he actually did the character designs mm-hmm. for the Clerks animated series, and he also did Kim Possible too. Ah, like so, this is a guy. I would have got a no- naked mole rat from the guy. <laughs> this is a guy that's you know well versed in animation Virginia. and yeah. Disney. Like, great. And he was really excited to do those sketches for us. Too. Yeah. Like he was really and like he even, he signed it to us and he was like have a great day John like ooh. like it was mm-hmm. someone who loved what he was doing and, and I think that had, so- I, had I known that he was going to go on to do Darkwing Duck and that he was such like a Disney, Disney nostalgic nerd I would have been like and like a pop culture nerd too I would have been like dude what what do you want to draw like because I heard that's the worst thing to ask an artist at Artist Alley. It's because they're just like that's too much. But here's the thing: like Go I'm gonna post his uh, blog onto John's Facebook just because the stuff that he does. If you say like, okay, you know what? I want a Harry Potter drawing with these characters. The stuff that he does, it, it's so fun and so true to both universes. Mm-hmm. It, it's great, and. I love it, and that's the feeling that I get from that Darkwing Duck book. Even the stuff like Buffy and Angel over at Dark Horse, same company that's doing the Star Wars books. I really enjoy those. It might not be at the top of my reading list every single week, but whenever a new one comes out, I'm like, oh, cool. New Buffy, new Angel and Faith, new Spike book. Like, awesome. Now, I think, you know, 
it it could just also be those books, like the books we're talking about that are the the franchise books that they're smaller though. Yes, you can have a Spike, an Angel, a Buffy, those are still being touched by Joss Whedon. A branch off that that is true, but too they're a branch off book yes. Yes, that's Paul. only focusing yes. on you know, even the Willow book. They're focusing mm-hmm. on that one character. Like the Star Wars books, it's a whole entire universe. Right. You know, it's it's so broad that Oh, yeah, no, this isn't going to interest me here. No, no, this isn't one I wanted out of my book. Like, there's probably something that you're shooting for that these books just haven't hit. You go to read a Buffy book, you know it's going to be about Buffy and that she's going to be fighting demons and werewolves and vampires. You read a Willow book, you know that she's going to be doing something with magic. You read the Darkwing Duck, you know he's a bumbling superhero right. with you know with his sidekicks. You know what you're going to get. You go to read a Jedi or a Star Wars book, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. You don't know what kind of Jedi you're going to be or what the story's going to be. And that's where the writer really has to do a job to really bring you in. You can't just say, we're doing Dawn of the Jedi, really slow beginning that doesn't show the dawn of the Jedi. It just shows people were enlightened and a spaceship came and took them away. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't explain how the Jedi came around. So this isn't the dawn of the Jedi book. This takes place after the dawn of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, I think, okay, when we got this first issue initially, what we thought we were going to get, the real true beginning of it. And it's not. Yeah, how people came to understand the Force. And, and nope, they, they got picked up by a spaceship, and that's how they came to know the Force. Yeah, and then, and then that after that, like, that, not, that tail end of that first issue goes into this the Empire. The Despot War. The, well, yeah, it goes into this, and you're, which, which I have to say, uh, Star Wars is always better when there was a war that happened just a little while ago. <laughs> Like you're seeing the aftermath of it. What what Star Wars continuity or era doesn't have a war that just happened? Yeah. Like so the this one, Dawn of the Jedi era, the Despot War or whatever they call it. Next to the Old Republic, the uh, Mandalorian War just happened, and uh, the Republic era, Luke Luke Han and Leia, the Clone War just happened. Yeah. Need I say more? Like. You you have to, for Star Wars. You have to have a war that happened just a little while ago. Yeah. So somebody can say, "My father fought against the blah 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 with the blah blah blah." Well, I, and I think you hit this on the head, like yeah. five minutes ago, with the Buffy, Angel, Spike, Willow, all those books. You still have Joss Whedon executive producing it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not writing those books, but. You know, the scripts are probably coming across his desk, and he's looking through it and being like, okay, okay, no, You know no, somebody okay. that loves this and, franchise and like is touching books, this book. Uh, and that's what Chris was saying. What was like, it, the Angel this? book that was over at IDW yeah. that he had nothing to do with, mm-hmm. everybody thought was really crappy. Yeah, it just did not so, work. You know, it, it. I think it depends. You have to have people that that love the source material that have an interest in it. And I think it is better when it's a smaller, compact 
kind of world, you know? And here's the thing. Like, the Buffy universe, it's grown so much. It's so huge, it's, it's kind of scary. I don't, I can't, I can't f- wrap my head around the it. The fact that they can have a Buffy book, a Spike book, Angel and Faith, a Willow miniseries, they can keep doing that. If they came out and said, like, hey, guess what, we're going to do an Oz spinoff book now, I'd be like, okay, they can support that, because... Wait, are you hungry like a wolf for I'm, an Oz I'm miniseries? <laughs> Oh, God. You make a Duran Duran reference. You got me there. Oh, man. It's like, okay, they can support that. And they can continue to grow up because there's so many characters and there's so much in that world. But, I mean, those are a a single character. Now, if the Star Wars books were Star Wars still tackling Han, Luke, and Leia, and then there's a Leia book, and then... uh, Luke book, and then a Han book, and hey, miniseries with Chewbacca. Like, that would be something else, but I mean, those Star Wars books, not, kid, not no. to defend this, but it's a whole galaxy of these of people coming in All to right. write it. Here's, and this is what I think they're missing, is those people who are coming in to write it may not be the best storytellers. They may, but most of those people who write those books, I don't know anything else that they've done. The Knights of the Old Republic book were written by people from Bioware from what I remember when they were first coming out, like to try to tie into the games. Now, I might be totally off base there because I don't follow you know, the Dark Horse the Star Wars books as closely as maybe I should, mm. but I have given them a try. I know that the Dragon Age books have been written by people by, from uh, Bioware. And yeah, I know like that actual the, writers on the yeah. games, too. And I know the Mass Effect ones also, but uh, those are tie-in licensed books. <laughs> and here's the thing: if they announced, okay, Dark Horse Comics, we're doing a Serenity Tales from the Verse, might not be centered around Mal, Wash, any of those characters, but they take place in that universe, overseen by Joss Whedon or David Greenwald, like Drew Goddard, people that have worked on that, I'd be like, not- oh, I. That would be great. Not only that, but all those people have a strong affection and love for that stuff. You don't know who these who these people are who if they have a strong affection for. You know who John Ostrander. You know he's a yeah, name. but you don't. He's, you, comic he's a name in comic books from almost thirty years ago. Right. I understand what you're saying. And and you, you don't, don't know his attachment. You don't know to his attachment to it. You know and. I don't know Brian Wood's attachment to Star Wars, but I do know that he is—he is a fantastic writer that can hook you, that can tackle you, and the fact that he's writing a Han, Luke, and Leia book makes me think that he is a fan of Star Wars. He doesn't want to tell anyone else's story; he wants to tell those characters' story, and that's the thing that 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 grabs me. Yes, that guy is, not to sound like an ass, but that guy was a comic book writer. You know, John uh, Ostrander. Ostrander. What has he done recently? Was it that relaunch four years ago? Of Suicide Squad? Of Suicide Squad, which I stopped reading because it was unreadable, because it just wasn't good? Mm-hmm. Yes. He was. <laughs> okay. you know, yes, you know, I understand it's, what you're saying. You know, I think it's a lot of the writers and then just a broad universe. 
when it's a smaller universe and it's a it's someone who's got a passion for that character, I think they do do a very good job with those things. Well, with the Star Wars universe, I turn to the back page while you're talking about when you about the whole you know large universe. There's like five different universes because of all the different timelines they do. They do, you know, this one. Then they do Old Republic, and then they do New Republic. The New Republic. They they do the Rebellion Wars, and before the Rebellion, you know, the Rebellion Wars, and then the Legacy. Yeah, and that's what like fifty, one hundred and fifty years after New Hope, and they have it all written. Do you think that the Star Wars universe is just too big? to tell a captivating story in now? I I don't I don't think I it is it is huge, but I think if they really put passionate people on those with good write, with good writers and artists. Mm-hmm. Most most Star Wars books We've talked about it. The art is horrible. In you them. can't tell whether or not the laser is being shot from the gun, or the gun was shot by a laser, and that's why the guy doesn't have something in it. Like just, it's unfollowable. Just, just all around detail in in a lot of the artwork. It's not that great. It mm-hmm. it really isn't. Um, I'm I'm really looking for something. I'm really looking for something out of the 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 wood book because he does have a name artist with him. You know, it's, it's not Becky Cloonan, so don't get too excited. That's only you, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. And that's always why you sit behind a desk when you talk about Becky Cloonan. I always sit behind a desk because I'm always sitting behind a desk. <laughs> because you're always and you always about. bring up Becky Cloonan. It's one of those. We're we're just getting it's into a, a snake it's a eating snake itself. Eating the tail. Uh, it's an Ouroboros, right? You always bring that up too. <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> But I, I think I because we always end up in the situation. I think the problem with the Star Wars books is that they're they're so big and they're so vast, and there's so many different Star Wars fan that one book captures what somebody wants, mm-hmm. another book does it, you know, captures somebody else. And you know, I I've constantly <laughs> try to get into the Star Wars books. I never find anything that that does that grabs me. Because no Star Wars character that ever showed up in any of those movies before showing up in that scene where Luke shows up in just woke up and had a sandwich that day. <laughs> like, the tales of the cantina. The tales of... Everybody has this long, like, really crazy backstory. It's not just... No, this is the biggest moment of his life right now when he's in this scene with Luke. Like, this yeah. is the moment that he'll always remember. No, that was just a Tuesday for that character that his arm got chopped off on. It's like everybody's wanted on in four different ser- uh, systems for murder. Or on servers, you know, maybe. And four different systems. And, you know, it's it's... So not only is the Star Wars universe huge because of how many different timelines they take care of. It's just because everybody's added so much to even the original stuff now with the expanded universe stuff that it's gotten so large. Now I pose this question to you. With the Star Wars family, franchise, whatever you want to call it, now belonging to Disney, belonging to the same stable of creators that they have over at Marvel... Do you think 
we're going to see maybe a better Star Wars book because people there's going to be those Star Wars Marvel books. Do you think there's going to be people more I, like adept handling them? I think I think you might see some bigger named writers doing those books with bigger name artists. I mean, Star Wars is something that's touched everybody for the last almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're that big. And people who are in, you know, the biz of writing comics have are probably Star Wars fans. You know, so I'd imagine you'd have those people who'd be like, "No, yeah. Star Wars book at Marvel. I'll I'm signed to Marvel." I'll, I'm going to fight to get this kind of book. Do you think we're going to see someone over at Marvel like clamoring to write a Star Wars book? Maybe like a Dan Abnett, Andy Landing Star Wars book? Is that something that you would want to see? They've done Guardians of the Galaxy. They do the cosmic on. characters yeah, like, already, so I wouldn't be surprised. And they have a you know uh, 2000 what is it 2080 background. Um, so I could see them doing kind of a cool space opera thing with Star Wars. If they they announce that, Paul, are you are you there? I w- am always willing to try a Star Wars book, you, and I will usually, try. And, I, and I'm that's will, a long running inside yes. joke. And I'm always willing to try something from those two creators, Resurrection Man. You know, yeah. Uh, so I liked Resurrection Man. Me too. Not, I picked it up a lot longer than you did. I'm gonna go off topic a little bit. Um, after this barley wine's warmed up a little bit, that alcohol it's gone. pop just goes away, and it's just it's extremely smooth. Do you want to try it again, Paul? Yes, please. You've, Paul drank all of his. I, I, and I'm not pointing out the fact that he had like half as much as the rest of us. He had a quarter of what we had. I, I just want to make him sound like he's drunk still. Because I did drink all day. Like, all day. It is, it is a lot smoother, but you miss that nutty vanilla aftertaste. Uh, see, I get, get that. that. Yeah, bourbon it's a bourbon. It's, it's a bourbon. It's like that sweetness. innocent gun. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's not yeah. that that hazelnut vanilla when it was colder. Guys, I think I really like bourbon. <laughs> uh, I think Bur- I need to start drinking bourbon. Bourbon month. Bourbon month. <laughs> I think I need to That'd go be to a really a... expensive month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. I think I know what I'm bourbon doing. Bourbon week. Thirtieth birthday. Getting <laughs> some bourbon. Try to find some uh, Goose Island Bourbon County. Bourbon County is yeah. I saw it at the uh, Village Beer Market. Was it like twenty two ninety nine? I have no idea how much it and was. I didn't. I even think look it's at. almost. It's either fifteen to nineteen percent alcohol. <laughs> oh God! I had it last year, and it was a beer that I took. I I got I got it for a sample of it, and I was like, oh. You need to put that back for another year or two. Don't serve that to people, because it is—it's almost undrinkable. Wow. So should we buy a thing and sell it for a year? I don't know if you can find it anymore. It's Paul the Village yesterday. How how much? I didn't see the price. I didn't look at the price because I'm like they're hit and miss. Right now, I was looking for stuff for today for you know for people coming over. So I was looking for a milk stout. Because we were Southern heading. tier? Did you do that? No. The double yes, milk, yes, yes, double milk the stout is double great. Stout, milk stout. It's so good. Southern I drank a six-pack of that alone the other day. Southern tier <laughs> double milk stout today is one of, the best, one of the best beers to do Irish car bombs with. Mm. I mm. would take it over Guinness any day. So we're doing that soon? <laughs> well, they're all gone. 
Well, we'll friends. buy more. And then Did we, you say we'll buy more or we'll buy? I said buy more. I was smiling. Uh, so it came out why more? Yeah. But yeah, I had four of those. And then... Uh, <laughs> I love that we just... Off topic, just talking about drugs. Hey, we, we talked about because Star Wars. We talked about the license. It's twelve thirty this morning. There was a Sabres game on, and I wanted a kind of a breakfasty beer. So, what's more breakfasty than a milk stout? Nothing. And Founders breakfast stout. Maybe an oatmeal stout. Yeah, oh, that's oatmeal stout's so really good too. Oh, a Village Beer Market had a bunch of milk stouts. Um, before I, I forget, bunch, I mean like three. So we have February beer month picked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, March. Irish Reds and Irish Ales. Okay. Uh, St. Paddy's Day. Makes sense. April, um, you bring a triple and a quad. Or two beers. Okay. Yes. Well, so Belgians, huh? Yeah. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Americans doing triples and Bel- or in, and quads. Okay. But yeah, Bel- Belgian month for April. We'll finish it off, too, my, with my birthday at Blue Monk again. Yay! Hey. Well, since we're uh, wrapping it up, I guess, by talking about what we're doing next, uh, I guess what you should do next after listening to us is make sure you rate and review us over at the iTunes. Yeah, because without those, nobody will find us other than your you know, voices. If you tell a friend, we always appreciate it. And tell them to email us over at contact at com, And find us over on Twitter and Facebook. Cause we, o- we always let you know what we're up we to. We always try to respond to those, too. And we're just bagged and bored there at both of those places. Yes. That so, happens. So until next week, have a Super Bowl! Super Bowl! Oh, God. It's that time. <laughs>